Introducing Peacock, the new free streaming service from NBC Universal. It's hit movies, current shows, live sports, trending bits, and timeless hits. And that's why you can't not watch. Peacock, watch for free, upgrade for more. Stream now at PeacockTV.com. Law and Order SVU streaming now. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Arnold Golden and Gregory. Welcome to Energy Matters, a show about how you can save money on your utility bills, use technology wisely, and live a more sustainable lifestyle. Here's your host, veteran energy regulator and clean energy expert, Commissioner Tim Eccles. Thank you, Scott Slade. It's always great to be saving money on your power bill, to use technology wisely, and to live a more sustainable life. Hey, have you ever had a recipe that you really wanted, maybe to a cookie or cornbread dressing or some kind of specialty dish, and you just went, man, I'd love to have that recipe so I could make that. Today, in the first half of the show, I'm going to take you through the Georgia recipe for what we've done with energy to be able to create solar at a below avoided cost scenario, building the way that we have to secure a diverse energy mix to hedge against anything drastic in the future. I'm going to tune you in in just a second to a presentation I did on Zoom with AEE. So uh, stick around for the first and second segment as we talk about Georgia's secret recipe. Hey everyone, I'm Commissioner Tim Eccles. I'm Vice Chair of the Georgia Public Service Commission coming to you from a very empty Public Service Commission building and an empty state capitol as we continue to, to, to struggle with uh, the virus and all of our protocols. But I'm excited to be sharing with you about some of the secret sauce uh, that we've had in Georgia with our energy portfolio. So, you know, whenever you're cooking something, you got a recipe and you're following a recipe. And certainly we're not doing things here in Georgia willy nilly. We're we're following a recipe. And I want to take you through that. You know, I want to be quick to say that what other states are doing, what other regions are doing. And I don't want to be critical of that. Folks are very, I think, dependent upon the constituencies in their state how they get into position, whether they're elected or appointed, what their citizens will tolerate or what their citizens demand. And so it's easy, I think, for us to throw stones at other states from Georgia to California or New York or vice versa and think everybody has to do the same. But in fact, I want to suggest that federalism, the the state independence and honoring state differences is so important. So let's dive into our recipe. And certainly you want to start with fresh ingredients with any recipe. And for us in Georgia, it's elected commissioners. And the Public Service Commission has been around since 1879. And we elect our commissioners. We have five of them, only about 11 states elect. Most have some other form of appointment, either through their legislature, through the governor, the Senate ratifying something like that, but we've we've had elected commissioners, and you know while that may prohibit the brain surgeons from being on the commission because the brain surgeons probably aren't going to run for office, or in this case, the the great MIT engineers that might live on, live in our state. It does put folks that are in touch with people, and I think one of the things that you hear about at least the Georgia commissioners, is just how accessible that we are to folks out there. So elected commissioners are an important part of our uh, recipe. An IRP process, you remember when the, or maybe you don't, the IRP public policy kind of trend was sweeping the country uh, back in the 80s and, and 90s. Georgia adopted it in 1991. And, and by the way, that was when we had a democratically controlled led legislature and governor's office. It hasn't been amended, not even one time. So it's, it's working well. Uh, and having five-star utilities uh, makes a big difference too. That's an important part of our recipe. And Georgia Power certainly gets uh, a lot of J.D. Powers awards and uh, a lot of recognition. So those three things are a great place for us to start. And as we think about that, this integrated resource planning 
that we do is really the backbone, right? So, you know, you're, you're looking, you know, not only at, uh, at, at transmission, uh, at, at demand type of uh, management, you know, but you're looking at that supply side too and what you're producing. You see those cooling towers there on the screen, obviously building plant Vogel has been an important part of what we've been doing here. I'll talk more about Vogel, you know, as we continue, but this integrated resource plan uh, and the way that we do this every three years, think about it like a strategic plan. I, one of my masters is in nonprofit organizations and we were really taught to help nonprofits write strategic plans and update them every year. In this case, we do a 20 year look uh, every three years and we update that. And so it's very much like the strategic planning process. You know, as we, as we think about this IRP and what it yields in our state, certainly reliability is the most important thing, more than clean, more than cost, more than anything. Uh, so I don't wanna throw stones at California and the reliability issues that they have, but I can tell you this, I'd probably lose my job if, if what happened in California happened in Georgia. Keeping the rates low, I mean, we're not the lowest, but we are 14% below the national average. And I'll remind people that, that uh, a lot of California homes don't have air condition and they don't have that AC load. We do uh, here in the South on most every home. A diverse mix of energy sources because you know, you're hedging. So carbon-free nuclear energy, and we've been criticized for building Vogel, but if there ever is a carbon tax, if there ever is a cap and trade, if there ever is a clean power plan where there's some kind of fee for carbon, we're gonna be so glad that we finished out Vogel units three and four. Of course, utilizing technology, and I'll talk more about that, and then trying as best you can to anticipate changes that might happen. How are electric vehicles gonna impact the grid? Will coal completely go away? Will fracking be banned? All of these things can have an impact. And as commissioners, we're asked to kind of make our best guess on that. Step two in our recipe is a utility and region open to nuclear energy. I can't tell you how important these nuclear units are, but when it's all said and done, the Vogel plant will be 25% of the rate base of, of Georgia Power. So it's a huge part of their future. That Augusta Aiken area over there, think about what we've got. We've got the Savannah River site, the Barnwell storage facility that's been there forever. We've got that Oconee operating station. We've got the summer operating station where they did cancel their units two and three. And then we've got Vogel. I mean, it is the Silicon Valley of nuclear energy. And a lot of, a lot of people ask me about, you know, public opinion surrounding nuclear energy, but I mean, it's really good. It's still good. Despite Fukushima, despite the Westinghouse bankruptcy, despite the overruns, it's still a very popular form of energy. Hey, that's not the case everywhere. And I certainly don't want to impose, you know, my will on any other states. And, and, and I don't want California or New York or anybody else telling us here in Georgia what we're to do, because this is an important part of our, of our ingredient. There's Rick Perry, their former secretary of, of energy. And he, uh, you know, he came down you know, to Georgia is this plant Vogel when we were putting the, the top on unit three and certainly Rick Perry uh, and the whole administration has been very pro-nuclear. They've helped us with this, get this um, production tax credit extended. That was important. That's an important part of the value proposition for plant Vogel. Nuclear energy, a big part of what we're doing here in Georgia. What's helped Vogel survive? I mean, because it is pretty amazing. 8,000 member workforce, uh, of course, a significant impact. Union workforce. I, I tell people all the time that when we first started the plant, I thought, well, it's a waste having, having this union too much money. But in the end, I think it has been maybe the most important thing because all of my Democratic friends here in Georgia, including Stacey Abrams, who ran for governor, in 2018, they will not criticize the plant. Why? Because it's union. So that that union has allowed a kumbaya moment for both parties uh, in in our state. 
this is a hedge, as I mentioned earlier, against uh, some kind of CO2, aggressive CO2 policy. Everybody's vested in this. So from the governor, uh, previous governor, the legislature, the chamber, the economic development folks, uh, it's, it's, it's such an important part of everything we're doing. These two units are going to power about 500,000 homes. Remember, they, we already have two units there built in 87 and 89. We certified 10.5 billion all in. So you're hearing all kind of wild numbers out there, but what our rate payers with Georgia Power are on the hook for, 10.5 billion. Of course, uh, you know, there are other co-owners of this and they're, they're, the MCs in the cities are, are on the hook as well as Dalton Utilities for their portion. Uh, it's gonna have about a 10.4 percent rate impact. We've already put about 5.5% in because we have pre-charged for the interest for this. And then you look no further than across the Savannah River at what happened in South Carolina with the cancellation of the project. I remember one of my colleagues, Commissioner Wise, who's retired, said to me back in 17, Tim, the only thing worse than this plant going over budget is canceling the plant. And that's exactly what's proven to be the case in South Carolina. Moody's told me that South Carolina was the picture of regulatory contentiousness. And all seven of the commissioners that were on the commission are now gone. I'm telling you, it was a, it was a mistake to cancel. And I would imagine that they regret that. Other things, uh, you know, as we look in hindsight, you know, natural gas, cheap natural gas has had enormous pressure I ask a lot of groups, what do you think has had the most pressure on nuclear and new nuclear in the U.S., Fukushima or natural gas prices? And it's always, almost always natural gas prices. It's, it's, it's what the hands go up in the room. Hey, stick around. We'll be right back as we take a look at step three in the next segment. I'm Tim Eccles. You're listening to Energy Matters. Gas South believes in the difference we can all make, like the difference in putting people first and showing that you care. For us, our difference is saving people money with our best rates and no deposit, and the difference we make in our community by taking care of our friends and neighbors and giving back 5% of our profits to help children in need. Learn more about what makes us different at GasSouth.com. Gas South. The difference is good. Logan Booker, producer of Energy Matters, here for Green Power EMC. From the suburbs to rural farming communities, Georgia is enjoying the benefits of a more sustainable future through the power of solar energy. Available from 38 of Georgia's member-owned electric membership cooperatives, or EMCs, these not-for-profit utilities are harnessing the sun's energy to bring clean, renewable, and affordable electricity to 4.2 million Georgians. For more information, visit www.greenpoweremc.com or contact your local EMC. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Arnold, Golden, and Gregory, an AMLAW 200 law firm with 180 attorneys in Atlanta and Washington, D.C. They take a business sensibility approach when advising clients. They provide industry knowledge, attention to detail, transparency, and value to help businesses and individuals achieve their definition of success. AGG subscribes to the belief not if, but how. We thank John Gornall and all the attorneys and staff at AGG for sponsoring our show. Hey, this is Tim Eccles. Let's jump back into my remarks to AEE as I talk about Georgia's secret recipe for how we do energy in our state. Let's look at step three in our recipe. We're moving along towards towards a, a great final product here, and it's commissioners that are willing to push the utility, and that's not only with nuclear energy, but everything else. Now, think about Commissioner McDonald and Commissioner Everett as we pushed the utility uh, with solar back in 2011, 12, and 13. So, Commissioner McDonald, we don't normally wear this garb to the office. This is the famous St. Patrick's Day parade in Savannah. Commissioner McDonald is Scottish, I'm Irish. So, but uh, Commissioner Everett there to the right, The three of us really were the solar trifecta, compelling the power company to do 525 megawatts of solar in in 2013, Georgia Power. They did not want to do it. Uh, They stood in front of the commission and said, we don't need any, not a single kilowatt. But we 
said, yes, you're going to do solar. You're going to do 525 megawatts and you're going to get good with it. And that initially got a little bit of criticism uh, from even my conservative friends, but they've all changed their mind on it. Uh, and now they're asking, when can you bring more of this utility scale solar to my community? You know, for me, it started back in 2010 when I was running for office, when I uh, put solar thermal on my home and you can see my Winterville home there and that solar thermal, the solar thermal panels. And of course, if, if I had gotten degrees besides English, public relations and nonprofit organizations, if I'd done something like engineering, I would have known that you don't put solar in the shade, right? So uh, I laugh at myself on that, but I had promised I was going to get solar and I didn't, I didn't care if it was completely in the shade, I was going to do it. Uh, but I learned a lot about solar as I put it on my house and began to experience, you know, the issues surrounding that solar thermal in, the, in this case was heating my hot water. Uh, but I quickly began to learn about PV. I created the Solar Express in 2011. Yes, it rhymes with Polar Express. We rented a train. We outfitted one of the cars with a lot of uh, solar educational materials. We took it to Jimmy Carter's hometown of Plains. And this was really the first big educational event open to the public that I did around solar. I since have you know, created the Clean Energy Roadshow in that year. It's in its 10th year and continue really to focus a lot on educating people, both Republicans and Democrats, about solar. I went to Germany in 2012. Some of you may have met Michael Picker, the former chair of the uh, CPUC. Uh, and Michael, well, what a smart guy, had advised several governors in California. And I learned a lot from him, continue to seek advice from him. We're not doing things exactly the same way that California does, and, you know, for the aforementioned reasons. But nevertheless, I really think we need to move away, away from a lot of this contention that we've had and try to learn from each other and not be so strict with each other on our rhetoric and, uh, and, and, and you know, demanding that, oh, because you support this candidate or you support this or that, I'm not going to associate with you. We're just we're just way too mean with one another. But that is yet another topic. But I did go to a lot of my Democratic friends and solar advocates way back in 2010 and said, you guys need to learn to speak Republican. We have five Republicans and you don't need to come in here to the commission with a bunch of left leaning uh, talking points. Uh, you need to talk about economic development. You need to talk about jobs. Um, you know, forget about talking about climate change, the environment and all these other things that you may be talking about, you know, with some of your other friends. If you want to accomplish something and move solar forward in Georgia, you need to learn to speak Republican. And they did. They did. And, man, we have such a great camaraderie with this group. And I urge them not to mix causes. Right. Don't mix your, you know, your electoral causes and your social causes with solar. Just let solar stand by itself so that Republicans like me can stand with you. Don't force people like me to have to come over here and try to stand with you as you promote these other causes that you have because you're going to isolate me and it's not going to be it's not going to be good. And they've learned that. And then taking advantage of moments. And what I mean by that is when we have a big case in front of us, a rate case or an IRP, the utility usually has some really big ask that they care deeply about. It usually has to do with money or return on equity or capital structure. That is a good time to get a lot of your little policy things that you want dropped in because the utility is very distracted. They're very set on you know these big things and they'll compromise on some of these smaller things. And I've done that with net metering, electric vehicle chargers, and uh, it's just, uh, it's, it's all about timing. And I hate to give away the secret sauce recipe here, but, but hey, we're all in this together. And then, you know, uh, you know, being able to add things like net metering make a huge difference. Now we capped it at 5,000 because that's, that's all I had, all I had the votes for, but we had only 1,900 people behind the meter. And so 5,000 is a lot. Most of the solar arrays are being sold back to the power company in our state. But a lot of my solar friends wanted net metering. They had spent 30, 40 grand on their house. And so it was good to be able to help them. And finally, uh, 
toss in a little bit of red state solar. And what I mean by that is the utility scale heavy concentration that we've had with a below avoided cost requirement. That, wow, that is really what's helped move us ahead. And we do have this avoided cost bar here. So in 2019, we added another 2000 megawatts of utility scale solar at market prices or below. We added 210 megawatts of DG at solar avoided cost. We added 80 megawatts of utility scale batteries owned by the utility. Uh, we um, added a second life EV pilot project, capped at uh, 250 grand that I learned about at UC San Diego. So, uh, and we, and by the way, we closed five uh, coal units that had become uneconomic. And we, then we've done things like in 2015, helping all of our military bases, virtually all of them, get solar and be able to check that box that the Pentagon has given them to have renewable energy on the basis. And so Georgia Power owns it, but it's on the, you know, the Department of Defense land and it lets them check the box. Only a few of them can be island uh, for the base, but eventually all of them will be able to. Those are 30 megawatts at each of those sites. Uh, and at the Warner Robins Air Force Base, it's even bigger. So, okay, so we've mixed everything together. How long do we need to cook it? And, and that really looks at what the future holds for Georgia. So there's a lot of unknowns. Uh, we've got the 2022 IRP. This is Commissioner McDonald and me together. We've got changing political landscape. We've got uh, advanced reactors coming down the pike. We've got renewable natural gas that folks are going to have an interest in. What about the battery in impact, lithium ion and, and, and other uh, chemistries? Uh, the Green New Deal or another version of it. And of course, coal ash solutions, which maybe hopefully will include something other than just leaving it in a big hole, uh, being able to get it to places that use it like hardy planks on your on your home you know, parking decks, bridges, roads, all of those use uh, use coal ash. So it's gonna have an impact. You know, battery prices are coming down. I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's a huge deal. And I think we're gonna continue to see more and more batteries utilized. Uh, and, and meanwhile, I've got policy decisions to make and, and, and I need the input of citizens out there. So I'm out there on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I do a radio show weekly on WGAURadio.com. So you go to WGAURadio.com, click the On Demand button, and you'll see over 90 episodes that we've done, hour-long shows, bringing through the brain, brain trust of sustainability through the studios and, 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 and being available not only for folks in Georgia, but folks that want to tune in and listen. And we're now in three markets and really growing. So, you know, I'm, I'm very optimistic about the future. Um, I stand for re-election myself in 2022. I'm not sure what's gonna happen. I'm working hard out there, uh, but uh, you know, it is what it is and you do the best that you can, but I'm, I'm very encouraged by the technology, uh, folks and their commitment to sustainability, and I wanna continue to see things move forward. So I hope you'll reach out to me. You can send me an email, tim at timeckles.com. You can hit me up on Twitter at Tim Eccles, and I'd love to communicate with you about any and all of these things. Thank you very much. Hey, and there you have it, our secret recipe here in Georgia. Not so much a secret, but it is a way of doing things that not every state is doing. And I hope that you heard what I said in the beginning about respecting federalism and allowing other states to do what they think is best. Constituents, my voters, our ratepayers, they have a say and they're going to determine by their acceptance of what we do, the direction that we go. And that's why we're building nuclear energy in Georgia. That's why we're doing solar below avoided cost in a way that lowers everybody's rates. That's why we have such an, a robust EV charging program at night in homes because it does fractionally lower everyone's bill because of grid efficiency. So we'll continue to work to provide a reliable grid at, at an affordable cost for everyone. Hey, stick around. We'll be right back with more Energy Matters.
Energy Matters would like to thank GasSouth for its support of the show. GasSouth has a no-deposit policy and offers some of the lowest per-therm rates in the state. Use the promo code MATTERS for a special deal. GasSouth, the difference is good. Creative Solar USA is a Georgia-based turnkey installer of innovative solar panel systems. With their NABCEP certified installers, they ensure you receive the highest quality solar energy system in the industry. They're proud to work with you before, during, and after the install, blending customer demand, system capability, and expertise to provide the best service possible. Contact them today at 770-485-7438 or creativesolarusa.com. Tim Eccles for Marlin Gas Services. As the port continues to grow, more and more trucking companies are using natural gas in their trucks instead of diesel. Marlin Gas Services is helping to usher in this clean opportunity. With their specialized rigs, they create virtual pipelines with all the equipment and expertise to provide reliable, clean natural gas. Marlin Gas is the company that gas utilities, pipeline companies, and industrial facilities turn to. See MarlinGas.com for more information. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by BMVW Auto Sales. COVID-19 has changed everything, even buying a car. BMVW Auto Sales, one of our show sponsors, not only sanitizes every car, but you can buy it online and they'll trailer it to your home anywhere in Georgia and surrounding states. They've used electric cars, plug-in hybrids, and traditional hybrids. Check out the inventory at ev-hybrid.com. That's ev-hybrid.com. They have a three-day loaner period as well if you want to make sure electric works for you. Check them out at ev-hybrid.com. Hey, this is Tim Eccles. We're back on Energy Matters. I'm the Vice Chair of the Georgia Public Service Commission. It's great having you along. Special treat today to have Kevin Greiner, President of Gas South, with us. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Well, thank you, Tim. It's a pleasure to be with you and your listeners, and happy holidays. You know, it is that time of year, and, you know, Kevin, as we think about all the needs that are around us, uh, it's really been accelerated by what's happened this year. There's just folks without jobs, they've lost their house, they've been evicted, they've lost their car, uh, they don't know what they're going to do. It, it is, it is for many people, a desperate time. And I know Gas South anticipated that early on, and I just wanted to give you guys a shout-out for your accelerated giving this year. Tell our audience kind of the backstory for that and, and, and what you guys have done. Sure. So at Gas South, our purpose is to be a fuel for good. And what that means for us is caring for our customers and our employees and elevating our industry and the communities we serve. And as part of our purpose, uh, we have made a pledge to give back 5% of our profits each year to organizations that are helping children in need. And clearly, you know, during the pandemic, the needs have never been as significant or as acute as they've, uh, as they've been this year. So back in uh, April, we made a decision as a company to pledge uh, over a million dollars for COVID relief efforts. And we put that money to work very, very quickly with a number of the, really the best nonprofit organizations uh, in um, Atlanta and also in Florida, which is another market that we serve. These were organizations that had the know-how, the capacity and the passion to um, um, help these uh, communities who were hit really hard, very quickly by joblessness, by health challenges, and uh, other sorts of uh, financial hardships uh, really brought on through the onset of the pandemic. And so we were happy to partner up with a number of uh, organizations to put that money to work very quickly. Yeah. And the YMCA, I know you serve on the Y and I I have, um, you know, gone there for recreation from time to time. But uh, it sounds like from what you've said about the Y that it's it's far more than just a gymnasium. Absolutely. So uh, I've been associated with the Y. Uh, I've been the vice chair for the last couple of years. I'll be stepping into the chairman role in 2021. You know, most of us think of the Y as a swim and gym. We think of it as a place where our kids do sports programs. Uh, maybe we do a spin class. But the reality is that it's so much more. The Ys are really uh, core community centers uh, for us, especially here in Metro Atlanta. And I was really proud with how the organization this year pivoted uh, as you know, their facilities got shut down for a while for uh, working out and that kind of thing. Uh, they were repurposed to be able to 
provide um, uh, child care services to healthcare workers and frontline responders, emergency responders and the like as well, and uh, providing these, um, the, the child care services that those folks needed to be able to go to work every day and keep the rest of us safe. Uh, the other thing that the Y did is they transformed their facilities into food distribution centers because, of course, we also saw real situations with um, food insecurity and hunger. And so the Y having these facilities in um, communities all through our region really made sense for them to kind of step into that food distribution responsibility. And that was something else that uh, um, Lauren Kuntz and her team did this year that I couldn't be more proud of. Kevin, you know, I have to wonder, and I've never asked you this or any of the CobMC folks, but I have to wonder if the you know the the giving philosophy that you you guys have at Gas South is it is it informed or is it because your DNA is tied in with the EMCs and these EMCs are so generous throughout our state because they're nonprofit organizations do you feel like your connection with an EMC is one of the drivers for your generosity yeah i think there's no question that it uh gave us the ability being owned by by cob emc and by an emc in general gives us that um, latitude to really lean into community themes and to um, position ourselves as a very caring and engaged corporate citizen you know the emcs are the classic community energy provider right a not-for-profit cooperative uh, providing um, high quality and affordable electric service to communities. CobEMC is among the very best in the nation at doing that. But um, we both really, both companies, CobEMC and Gas South, recognize that uh, if our communities aren't thriving, if they're not strong, you know, we're not going to do well as organizations ourselves. We're not going to um, uh, be able to thrive ourselves. So, it has been a big part of our DNA, and we share that with CobEMC. You know, we're really proud to be owned by a CobEMC and to really live out cooperative principles, even though we're a little different. You know, we're a for-profit company that serves customers all across Georgia and, in fact, in other markets like Florida as well. Uh, they, of course, you know, are really limited more to that Northwest Metro uh, Atlanta territory, but we complement each other so well in um, community outreach in so many other ways. Kevin, hearing you kind of describe uh, the why and their work with kids, it reminds me of, uh, of a program I discovered this week uh, when I was down at the Tybee Island Marine Science Center, a program called Sidewalk to the Sea. And they connect city kids with coastal and offshore environments. And it, it, I'd never thought about this, but as I met with the board and met with the mayor of Tybee Island, they explained to me that there are a lot of urban kids in Savannah, even though they live so close to the ocean, they've never gone because they don't have a car and they can't get there. And, and with this program, Sidewalk to the Sea, they take the same kids starting when they're in first grade to the beach for an educational program one time every summer for their entire childhood uh, and introducing them to age appropriate you know, lessons about the marsh, about the ocean, about plastics out there, about the, the shipping uh, and how it benefits Savannah as they see those big shipping container boats come by, about the sand, about the water, about the river, all of this. You know, Kevin, I, I think, you know, we, we have an obligation as leaders to look beyond ourselves, right? And our own, even our own company, our own people, our own family at people in our state, and I'm getting on my soapbox here, uh, but to help our young people have a better life, right? I mean, I know you're passionate about this. Yeah, we sure are. You know, great example. That sounds like an amazing program. Uh, we're involved with a really cool program right here in Atlanta. It's actually with the Y also. It's the, the Gas South Steam Lab, which is at the Sanders uh, YMCA, a great facility. But um, and, and people use it for tennis and for swimming and so many other things. But here's the thing. There's also a great after-school enrichment program there. They bring in 
uh, around 100 kids a day, elementary school kids from the west side of Atlanta uh, to have after-school enrichment programming. And part of that enrichment is the Gas South Steam Lab, which is loaded up with microscopes and robotics and computer design software and all sorts of other things that these kids really don't have much exposure to. I mean, first of all, they're coming from communities where you know these things aren't plentiful secondly you know they're elementary school kids you know and their their schools probably don't have this sort of gear so uh having that exposure to scientific equipment and computer technology is just so cool and i've been down there and i've seen the kids come in and you know they make many of them make a beeline to that gas house steam lab to continue the work on the project that they were doing the day before and they're just so excited and you know establishing those habits um, and those passions early for kids, it makes all the difference. And, you know, our hope, of course, is that, you know, one day those kids come and work for companies like Gas South. You know, they become our customers. And we've always, you know, totally, uh, we've understood at Gas South, as have many companies here in Atlanta, that at the end of the day, we're only as strong as the communities that we serve. And our companies are not going to do well if our communities are are, are not thriving. And so we work really hard to do our part to uh, make a difference. Think about this, Kevin. They come into your steam lab. They There's something that gets awakened, not in all the kids, because not everyone wants to be an engineer and not everyone has the aptitude, but something gets awakened. Their teacher at school notices that, directs them towards a particular area of study or, or to the to the guidance counselor who, who gets them in a, a, a space camp or some other thing, and it begins to build... And then they aspire to go to, to a Georgia Tech or a, a, a KSU engineering program or even to one of our technical colleges where they could learn to weld or they could learn to be an electrician and make a great living for their family. Kevin, we've got a nuclear plant that's full of, of, of electricians that are working and welders and pipe fitters who are providing for their family and getting insurance and putting their kids through school. It's it just such, it's such a, a, a great opportunity. Hey, when we come back, Kevin, I want to keep you over one more segment. When we come back, I want to talk about, I want to talk about the effort that you guys have made in renewable energy projects, not just here in Georgia, but beyond. I want to talk about renewable natural gas. I want to give our, our, our listeners some help in regards to the heating season. And then I want to talk about this acquisition that you guys just made. So stick around. I'm Tim Eccles. He's Kevin Greiner. We'll be back in just a minute. Everyone has tough times in their life. By checking the project share box at the bottom of your utility bill, you can make life a little easier for your neighbors. Your $1, 2 or $5 checkoff is matched by the utility and then used by the Salvation Army to help folks having a tough time paying their energy bills. It's that easy. Join PSC Commissioner Tim Eccles and many others by donating via your power bills this year. See more by clicking projectshareinfo.com. And thank you. Hey, this is Tim Eccles. We talk all the time on Energy Matters about buying a used EV instead of a new one. Let someone else pay the depreciation. BMVW Auto Sales, one of our show sponsors, can fix you up. Go to their website at ev-hybrid.com to see the ever-changing inventory. BMVW has every brand, every type of EV, and they'll even let you test drive it for three days, show you how to charge it and drive it for maximum performance. That's ev-hybrid.com. ev hybrid.com Logan Booker, producer of Energy Matters, here for Better Tomorrow Solar. Imagine a world powered by sunlight. Imagine your home powered by sunlight. 
Better Tomorrow Solar has a passion for helping you see this for yourself. They've worked hard to overcome the chief obstacle to solar adoption, its initial cost. In some cases, they can install your solar panels at no cost, then charge a predetermined, stable rate for the energy used. In other cases, Better Tomorrow Solar has creative ways to finance the installation so the monthly payments are lower than the energy savings. Find out more at BetterTomorrowSolar.com. That's BetterTomorrowSolar.com and see how you make your world better. Hey, this is Tim Eccles. We're back on Energy Matters. One more segment with my friend Kevin Greiner of Gas South. Well, we're going to talk about something. It's a pretty popular topic these days. We're going to talk about renewable energy projects and renewable natural gas and explain what that is. Maybe some heating helps that folks can do to save some money over the heating season. And and then this acquisition that you guys just made. Let's start with the solar. And I, I guess folks might say, well, why is solar important to a gas company? Well, that's a great question. You know, there's a, and there's a couple of key reasons why solar is making a, uh, we're making a push with solar at Gas South. So our parent company, um, Cobb EMC uh, is actually a leader among co-ops in the solar space. They have the um, largest portfolio of solar east of the Mississippi River among electric cooperatives in the entire country. And um, one of the things about solar is that there are these things called investment tax credits that you can also take advantage of. Uh, if you're a for-profit company, we are our parent company, CobBMC, is not. So the opportunity to partner with them on projects uh, works to the benefit of the members of CobBMC, who are ultimately the owners, not only of CobBMC, but also of Gas South. So an example of that, Tim, is that um, CobBMC actually installed a pretty large solar project on its own campus. It's about 1.8 megawatts of generating capacity. It also has a one megawatt battery attached to that project so that the solar energy can actually be stored and then dispatched at times of high demand. Uh, they've covered their um, uh, the roofs of all of their facilities uh, at their campus up in uh, Marietta. Uh, they've also put up solar flowers, which are these really cool contraptions that come out of their casings during the day. They're filled with solar panels and they pivot towards the sun over the course of the day to make sure that they're capturing as much of that solar energy as possible. And then they retreat back into their casing at night. They're really, really cool contraptions. They're up there for anybody to see on the Cobb EMC campus. If you would ever like to go up and see it, they have a whole solar garden that has been uh, put together. And uh, we're the proud owner of that project. And we're the owner of it because we can take advantage of those tax credits while Cobb EMC is a not-for-profit cooperative cannot. So that really got us started. And since the um, since doing that uh, that program in partnership with Cobb EMC, we actually invested in two other projects up in the state of Minnesota, which has a very active community solar project, uh, uh, community solar program where ratepayers can subscribe, can opt into the solar offering offered by their utility company, and they actually earn a credit on their bill, their utility bill by doing so. So to date, Gas South has invested approximately $18 million or so in solar projects, and uh, for about, uh, and we're involved with about 16 megawatts of capacity. So it's an exciting new thing for us. Uh, we really got started this year with these projects, and we're looking forward to doing more in the future. We've talked about renewable natural gas on our show before, and when I first got to the commission in 2011, there wasn't a lot of conversation about renewable natural gas, and really, frankly, renewable energy was just kind of coming in vogue, but I am hearing more and more about renewable natural gas and its attributes and how companies want it. Uh, can you define it for our audience and tell us where it comes from. Sure. So, you know, natural gas is basically methane. That's the uh, substance that we're talking about. And natural gas comes, of course, from deep within the Earth's crust and is produced. That's conventional natural gas. But um, methane exists in other forms. Um, and so I'll give you a couple of examples. The most classic example of renewable natural gas is produced from landfills. So landfills are big methane producers, right? And if you can, all of that decomposing waste, and if you can capture that 
um, uh, that, that, that gas that comes off of that waste and clean it up to um, pipeline specifications and then inject it into um, natural gas pipelines, it can very easily be blended in with that conventional fossil fuel natural gas and uh, be utilized then to serve uh, natural gas customers. So it's really a, a pretty cool technology that's been around for a while. What we've seen more recently is uh, a lot of interest in looking at other waste streams, which also will produce methane as that waste decomposes. And uh, so you think, well, you know, we could actually harness some of those other waste streams to also provide renewable natural gas. So um, what kind of examples exist there? Well, one big one for Georgia is on um, poultry waste. You know, we produce a lot of poultry. We're actually the biggest um, uh, poultry producer in the United States. Um, with that comes a lot of waste. That waste also decomposes and the ability to then, you know, take that waste again, clean it up to pipeline standards and be able to um, blend that into the, um, the, the, the natural gas uh, system here in Georgia is a really compelling opportunity. And so we're looking to get involved with some projects like, uh, like that as well. You know, our listeners uh, may think, well, I thought, I thought um, that natural gas was from trash or something because it smells bad. It smells like rotten eggs. Explain why natural gas that's not being burned, if you have a gas leak or if you, if you, if you somehow uh, are around a facility that has natural gas, why does it smell bad? Yeah, that's a great, great question. And uh, actually, the interesting thing about natural gas is it, it has no odor naturally. And what's causing it to smell like rotten eggs is an additive that is uh, added to natural gas. And the reason that it's added is to alert people of a leak. Otherwise, you'd never know. If you did have a leak, you'd never smell anything. So uh, uh, utilities across the United States and really throughout the world for many, many decades have always added that smell in so that we're actually alerted to the fact that there, uh, if there were to be a leak, that you know about it very quickly. I was walking down uh, the Savannah streets the other day, going to a meeting, and uh, there were tanker trucks that were coming by just there on Bay Street. And I, I was thinking, you know, pipelines avoid trucks and avoid accidents and avoid tanker spills. And I mean, natural gas transportation is one of the safest things going on in our country. And I think because it's underground, people just don't think about it. But it, it is kind of the secret sauce for having such a safe form of energy. Yeah, it really is. And it's one of the most, as a result, it's one of the most reliable forms of energy that you'll find. You know, you don't hear about um, weather damaging natural gas pipelines, because as you say, they're underground. It's an extremely reliable delivery system. And that's one of the many reasons that I think natural gas has a really great future in our country and really throughout the world is, you know, it's inexpensive. Um, it's uh, relatively um, easy to produce. It burns very cleanly. Um, it is a greenhouse gas, of course, but it produces lower greenhouse emissions than other forms of fossil fuel energy. And um, uh, we think that it has a really important place in the overall um, you know, energy mix here for the United States and uh, really throughout the world. Yeah, half the CO2, no coal ash, uh, so there's no residue associated with it, and it brings in, in it, and it's brought underground. So it's a lot of positive things. And one of the things that's overlooked sometimes too is just the the, the lack of smog-producing chemicals that natural gas uh, produces during combustion. You know, so the nitrogen oxides, the sulfur dioxide, negligible emissions of each of those particulate matter. So the things that you know cloud up our air and create asthma and other sorts of ailments and maladies. Fortunately, natural gas is not a, um, uh, a big contributor of any of those, any of that type of pollution. So um, even beyond the greenhouse gas question, you know, it is a clean burning uh, fuel. Hey, in our last couple of minutes, uh, I want to ask you about this acquisition. I know that it's before the commission and uh, at the time of our recording, we'll be voting on this very soon. 
Uh, tell me how this came about, uh, just the kind of the quick version and what you guys hope to accomplish. Yeah, sure. So the team at Gas South, we um, had uh, been in contact with our friends at Infinite Energy for quite some time uh, about the possibility of um, coming together as one company. And uh, during the pandemic, we really got those conversations uh, going in earnest. Uh, they're a natural gas marketer that serves customers like we do in Georgia and in Florida. So the overlap geographically was um, very attractive to us. Uh, they're also a company that is really known for its uh, customer service. They do a great job serving customers, have a real focus on the customer experience just like we do, uh, share a lot of the same values that we do. And they have a very robust uh, wholesale trading operation too. Um, they do a lot more um, trading of natural gas than uh, we do at Gas South. So we thought that would be a nice growth opportunity for us. We basically started having conversations. We did it on um, video conference. Uh, we never met in person, Tim, which is crazy to like do an entire acquisition. I haven't met any of their team members personally yet, but uh, we're about to close on that acquisition next week. We couldn't be more pleased. Just want to wish you happy holidays and Merry Christmas, Kevin. And thank you for being on the show today. Thank you. And Merry Christmas and uh, Happy New Year to you as well, Tim. And, uh, and also to all of your listeners. We really value the opportunity at Gas South to work with you and other uh, PSC commissioners and to have this opportunity to chat with you about uh, things that are happening in our industry and also in our community. Fantastic. Thank you. Hey, everyone. I hope you have a great rest of the day and a Merry Christmas. I'm Tim Eccles. You've been listening to Energy Matters. The electric car revolution is coming, and the choices are growing. Gem cars are everywhere. You've seen these low-speed electric vehicles on college campuses, downtown Atlanta streets, and resort islands like St. Simons and Jekyll. Gem cars are street legal, equipped with seatbelts, headlights, and a tag, and can operate on roads with speed limits of 35 miles per hour or less. If you want to know more about these electric cars and trucks, six-passenger shuttles, mobile repair service, or full vehicle wraps, go to GemCarService.com. That's G-E-M, CarService.com. Tim Eccles of Energy Matters here for Solar Sun World. No doubt you've seen solar panels popping up all over the state. If you want the precision of German engineering when it comes to solar, Solar Sun World is for you. Gerd and all the folks at Solar Sun World understand the complexities of solar and how to make it work for you. From tax credits to inverters to accelerated depreciation, they'll advise you on the best path forward. And Solar Sun World now offers power purchase agreements. Find them at solarsunworld.com, solarsunworld.com. Introducing Peacock, the new free streaming service from NBC Universal. It's hit movies, current shows, live sports, trending bits, and timeless hits. And that's why you can't not watch. Peacock, watch for free, upgrade for more. Stream now at PeacockTV.com. Law and Order SVU streaming now.